Well, good morning, church. We're not talking about sex today, <clears throat> but I am going to talk about spiritual gifts, and we want to get into a series with that here. Um, first of all, I just want to thank Paul and Lisa for such a fun night. For those who are at the marriage night, thank you. Yes, all those that helped. It was a delicious meal, and... Uh, uh, then it was fun to get to know those on the panel. I'm still trying to figure out, was it Danae or Joey that lost the remote uh, for that night? But uh, thank you. Thank you both. And what a, what a blessing to have that here at Church for the Harvest. Uh, the other thing, before I dive in here, uh, many of you know that we're a full gospel church. And we're charismatic. We don't swing from chandeliers. We don't have them. But actually, we did put something up there in the foyer that was from our old disco ring from the last church. But point is, is that Pentecost Sunday, how many have ever heard that? And you remember the story of Pentecost was 50 days, and uh, Jesus said, Terry, in Jerusalem, do you be endued with power from on high? And if you notice that the disciples, uh, even after the resurrection and seeing Jesus physically, and it says that over 500 at one time saw him, and Thomas touching his hands and his feet, all of that still were fearful, hiding, huddling in an upper room, and until the Holy Spirit, someone say the Holy Spirit, came upon them, it changed them. From, from uh, being a betrayer to a preacher that 3,000 got saved. I mean, so the Holy Spirit is something uh, I want to talk about uh, on Pentecost Sunday. And so as we talk about the gifts here in these next few weeks, as we lead up to that, we'll have a, a Mother's Day message, and, uh, but, but we'll continue on on these spiritual gifts. That, that Sunday, I want to pray for those personally, with the leadership team here, for those of you that you know, I desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to shove a microphone in front of your face. Nobody's going to push you down. It's going to be a very uh, uh, righteous moment. But I want to invite those of you that uh, hunger and thirst and desire that grace from above. Can I get an amen in this place? And, uh, you know, you can, you can grow up in life and and how many know that you can miss things in life? You can just miss them. And it's like, you know what? Shoot, I missed that. We don't want you to miss anything here at Harvest. And we want you to desire everything that the Lord has. Can you say amen? Well, let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing on this morning. Heavenly Father, we, I humble myself before you. And I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need now in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, spiritual gifts, this is the first week in our series, and I'm going to, um, <clears throat> I know they're going to pull it up, thank you, more as an introduction. I'll see how far we can get, but there's, there's two things. When you minister, you share, they say, you should have this in the forefront of your mind. What do you want the people to know? And what do you want the people to do? Say that, say to know and to do. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that every single one of you 
has a spiritual gift. And what do I want you to do? I want you to desire spiritual gifts. Okay? So with that, let's begin. So I'm going to jump around. I have a lot of scripture. It's gonna, I don't want to overwhelm you, uh, but I, I think it's important that you see these verses and that you understand the heart of God. So uh, Romans chapter 12 talks about uh, there are spiritual gifts that we are, Lord willing, will get into, seven of them, in Romans 12. And they are the innate motivational spiritual gifts. And the word innate, he uses, uh, it means inherent or existing in a person from birth. Somebody shout from birth. That you have a gift from birth. So if you're carrying a child or you have a little child or you're raising kids, they all have gifts. So do you. It's what the scripture teaches, and we'll, we'll show that. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4.8, Ephesians 4.8, Scripture says, When Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and it says this, he gave gifts, somebody shout gifts, to his people. Gifts, gifts unto men. Uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8, going to be our foundation verse. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, notice it says, it is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith uh, possessed. If service in the act of serving, or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy and caring for others with cheerfulness. Somebody say amen. And so these heavenly gifts are given to all human beings. All human beings. And it's just believers. Everyone born has a gift. They have an ability. Now, they may not use that for God's purposes and use it selfishly in their life. Nonetheless, they have an ability and a gift that God has given them. I believe that. Romans 12, 3 says this, for by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself or his importance and ability than he ought to think, but so as to have sound judgment as God has appointed to each a degree of faith and a purpose and a design for service. Every single one of you has a purpose and a design to serve and to bless others. That is impactful if you think about that. And so, I'm going to just throw this out here. All humans are born with one or more of these gifts. That doesn't mean all humans use these gifts to glorify God. Um, I remember as a child, growing up in a large Italian family, uh, felt like, you know, I was just a number. I was number two in the list of eight. Uh, there was six and seven, and uncles would get them confused. Who are you? Just call us by our number. And I always felt alone. I always felt like, you know, growing up, how would I survive in this world, and what is my future, and I, I never really felt equipped as a kid to face life. Just, am I talking to anybody? Just, how do I face life? Felt like so alone, and, and then if you add on top of that, uh, my dad not believing I was his son, that rejection, and uh, no connection really to my mom. She had her favorites, <laughs> you know. I wasn't one of them. And, you know, just sadly, I, I, this was just, a, it was an awful feeling I remember growing up. Just an awful feeling, just, you're just a number there, vaguing for attention and trying to survive. 
tremendously lonely, not equipped for life, and, and I just felt, I felt helpless. Am I speaking to anybody? Helpless. And then as I begin to grow in my faith and going off to theology training and, and then just growing, I, I discovered that God has given me a gift. I have a gift and that, that, that God Almighty would give me a heavenly gift. And I began to, to grow in that. And that gift helped me. And that changed everything in my life, knowing that there was a gift. But that took time. That took time to discover that. And so these gifts can be used for good, uh, to motivate and inform and influence the mind and the will and the spirit of God. But they also, these gifts can be used for selfishness and evil if motivated under control of the lower influences of the world, the flesh and the devil. How many hear what I'm trying to say? You can use them uh, for good. Uh, and so, so you can, God, you can allow the spirit of God to flow through you through that gift. Or uh, your flesh, the world, and the devil, and the enemy, he, he, he likes to capitalize and take hopeless situations and, and turn those, those gifts that were actually meant for good and, 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 and use them for evil and evil purposes. You know, the human soul is attuned to this world. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And for a number of weeks, I talked on that and illustrated that in a series. But our soul is attuned to the world, the earth, through the senses, and, and, and our soul uh, has mixture in it. And we can, uh, there's error in our soul when we don't listen to the Spirit of God. And, and here's the thing, Satan has access to our soul. He has access to our soul uh, because that's how we relate in this world, through our soul, our five senses. And he can bring on terrible unrest to our souls uh, because he can afflict the soul of man, and he can actually possess it. And we see that throughout the world, and we're seeing more of demonic influence than in years recent. Now, we know what's always been there. I mean, there's actually movies that are out now on deliverance. I mean, it's amazing what's coming out. And you're actually seeing now where Satan used to have a facade and hide himself. He's not hiding himself anymore. He's just right out there. People are possessed, and it's like, this is demonic. This is demonic. What's, you know, there's no other word for it. Usually we think, well, you know, psychosomatically, you know, we could maybe treat that or whatever. It's the influence of demons. Demons over people. Hebrews 4.12 says, it is the word of God that distinguishes our piercing and dividing of sunder of the soul of the spirit. So it is only the word of God that can divide that and separate that. So through my spirit, I can contact God. Through your human spirit, you can contact God uh, through Jesus Christ. And so a spiritual person lives by faith in God's word, amen? But through my senses, I'm in contact with this world, all right? Those that, uh, uh, that talk about uh, near-death experiences or they've died and, 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 and some may be resuscitated and there's tremendous uh, stories of people saying, I, I saw myself on the hospital bed and I was up in the corner of the room and, 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 and people were crying and they were weeping and I was just wondering, you know, I was trying to talk, say, hey, I'm all right, I'm good, but nobody could understand me. Why? You went into another realm, the fourth dimension, in the spirit realm. It's real. But through the senses now in the human soul, we can have contact on this earth. How many see that? Say amen. And so these gifts here in Romans are referred to as both they're motivational and they're redemptive. 
Motivational redemptive. Motivational because when they are understood and used properly, they motivate both the gifted person and the recipient of the gift to upward, to spirituality. That's a good thing. Redemptive because when they are used as Jesus intended, they will help to bring people into a spiritual relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? So these gifts are motivational and they're redemptive, and every single one of you has a gift. The Scripture tells us of these spiritual gifts, they are imparted to all people, 1 Peter 4.10. And it says, God has given to each, somebody shall each, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And then it goes on to say, use them well to what? Serve one another. Interesting point right there about what is the purpose of the gift. So we see in Romans 12, there's this list of these gifts that I believe God gives to all humans, all mankind, uh, but not all use them for good. Uh, These Romans 12 gifts, I just have them a list here. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leadership, and mercy. And uh, now these gifts are different than the fivefold ministry gift. So don't, don't, don't cut out hair. Uh, I don't want to lose you. But in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about a fivefold. They're like foundational gifts for uh, the building of the kingdom of God and the furthering of the kingdom of God. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, slash teacher. And so they're different here. These are gifts that are given to all. How many of you know not all are called to be apostles? Not all called to have a prophetic or an evangelistic. Not all called. But these gifts here are given, I believe, to all, especially to all believers, all, all humans. And, um, but then also, let me throw this in, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Say, wow, Pastor Mike, what are all these gifts? You grow in the gift. All right? That's what I want you to see, that these are like basic foundational gifts that every single one of you have. What you do with that gift is going to determine how much you grow in that, how much you develop yourself. And so, Lord willing, we'll get into that, but I'm just more of an introduction as we get into these. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. talks about faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of comes, excuse me, of tongues. So the Romans 12 gifts are from God the Father, and he gives them to, to all these gifts here, Romans 12. Uh, we'll delve into them, Lord willing, uh, as the weeks come on. And so um, here's the thing I want to say, and I've heard this before. It was actually Dr. Paul Young Cho that mentioned this many, many years ago. I had the opportunity of hearing him. He had the largest church in the world, over a million people in his church in Seoul, Korea. And he started in a Marine Corps tent, and uh, he had his wife, his, his two kids, and himself. And that's who came to the tent when he started preaching. But God told him, he said, you're going to preach to 3,000 people before long. So he would believe that, and he would walk like he was pastoring 3,000 people with five people, and he would scream in this tent <laughs> and set up after the war, after the Korean War. And uh, his wife would go, please, stop screaming. There's just three of us, you know. But he believed God had given him the gift. Come on, somebody. And he was, he was diligent in that. And he said this statement. He said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to the supernatural. And I thought about that. 
And so here's the thing. When we talk about these gifts, every one of you has one or more of these gifts. But the baptism, the immersion in the Spirit opens up a variety of other gifts that God may have for you, supernatural gifts in their manifestation. And so uh, these uh, 1 Corinthians 12 gifts are just a few that talks about that. Um, you know, when I think about it, immersion, when I think about this doorway to the supernatural, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it isn't that you're getting tongues. You're getting an immersion of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit in your life. A manifestation or a sign or a seal of that, I should say a sign of that, is, the tongue, is tongues. And it's not this gift in 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues. It is your private prayer language. And we believe, preach, and teach that here. And we don't believe that that's done away with. Thank you, full gospel people, that that's available. <laughs> that's available. And that's still available today. Now, not everyone is graced and gifted with tongues and interpretation publicly, but I believe, and we, I believe it, there's enough truth in the Scripture that every single body can receive their personal prayer language. And that, I believe, is a doorway to the supernatural, to all the gifts. I really believe that. And so how, you know, when you think of the Holy of Holies, when they went into the temple, the priest, when they went to the door, the first labor, the first station was the sacrifice. It was a blood sacrifice. How many know that's symbolic of the lamb? Jesus Christ. And so when you enter in to get into the Holy of Holies, you got to come through Jesus Christ and him alone, the sacrificial lamb. Well, the next, there was, a, a, I don't know what to call it, a, a basin. It was a water cleansing. So the priest would wash, and there was a cleansing. That, what is that for us today? Once you're saved, you are to be water baptized. Amen? And that's, you know, the old man or woman and the new being raised in newness of Christ. And we have water baptisms, and we will probably have another water baptism here soon. Schedule it here in the church. But that's the water cleansing. But the third, there was a third station, and it was actually, it was the oil in the anointing. And what happens is, a lot of believers, they like, you know what? Yes, I need Jesus. You know what? I'll do the water baptism thing. This oil thing, I don't know about that. And they try to, how many know that you can't get into the holy of, come on somebody, holy of holies, all right? Not covered, <laughs> not protected. And, and, and so, so I really believe that this is what the Lord has, even for harvest, uh, that we would all receive the fullness that the Lord has for us in our family. And I wouldn't say anything or present anything that I hadn't first experienced or believed that it wouldn't be beneficial for you, your prayer life, your spiritual life, come on somebody, your family, and discernment, and open up all the gifts, <clears throat> all the gifts. Because there are times, you know, you're going to go through situations that you need, you need supernatural insight on what to do, and it's not going to come from reading a book. You may get a revelation for it, but there are numerous times through life I've been prompted by the Spirit of God and knew exactly what to do. Where did that come from? That came from the gift, the Spirit of God speaking. And so as we talk and develop, you're going to begin to be stirred up and say, you know what, that, I, I really feel that's on me. You know, I really have a heart too in, in, in these Romans 12 gifts. So how many with me say amen? So once again, Ephesians 4 
There are the fivefold ministry gifts. They're specific. Not everyone is, is called to those specific ministry offices, but I will say this, that these Romans 12 gifts, you can grow into 1 Corinthians 12 gifts and even into the Ephesians uh, 4 gifts. I believe that. <clears throat> and I'll share a little bit about my life. You know, when we talk about being immersed in the Spirit and we talk about the baptism, when you're born again and you're saved, it's like drinking water. That becomes a, a well within you. How many know if you drink water, that, that water is within you. You cry, Abba, Father. But if I told you, I said, you know what, I want you to jump into this swimming pool. How many of you know that you'd be immersed in the pool? That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. You say, I'm saved. I got the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do, within. But God wants to immerse you in his spirit. Immerse you. We'll talk more about that. So believers can grow in other ministry gifts through the proper use and spiritual development of these Romans 12 gifts. Now, just a little bit about my life. When I have read through these and identified these over time, kind of growing it, I knew that prophecy was something that was just strong on my life. It was just something that I felt was just innate, this perceiving and leadership. And even a part of exhortation, part of exhortation. I remember one time I was just sharing just and I didn't know it was exhortation. And then a minister came up to me and said, you have a, you have a gift of exhortation. And, and just exhorting lifted the people. It's like, I didn't know that. <clears throat> you know, what is it? It's a, it's a gift. You know, you got people that come in, they come into the church, and they're just like, yeah, what a weak man, oh, man. And, you know, like this guy in the video, it's like, oh, God, help. But if someone steps in their gift, it just lifts people up. Like, Hallelujah, yeah, I'm going to make it. What is that? That's a gift. Some of you are smiling right now. You just woke up. It's, 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 the spirit, it's the grace of God that lifts. He gave gift unto all. Amen? And so that's helped me, to, to aided me in being in the, in the Marine Corps. And then in Okinawa, Japan, I remember starting Bible studies and guys came out. And then we were in the Philippines and, and ministering to many Marines and it started this little God squad, and we had T-shirts, and uh, we were a force to be reckoned with, and, and then in, in going to theology training, developing, desiring, desiring more. Lord, what do you have for me? Being on staff and ministry in various churches, and then in 1999, starting Church for the Harvest uh, after serving under another pastor for nine years, nine years. Pouring, you know, water, as it says, under another a man's vision and, and, and just serving faithfully. So my point is it's possible that we can grow in our ministry gifts and God desires us to grow in it, okay? And so you recognize, recognize that. <clears throat> you know, throughout my teens and adolescent years, there were various ministers that my dad had come through his church. And dad reached a lot of Catholics. They just, they loved him. The Catholics just loved him, and, and they would come to hear him share, and, and uh, he, he was a word of faith guy, and uh, just, uh, uh, they would pray for people, and, and I was in that kind of that rebellious teenage year. Come on, somebody. I mean, not totally over, but, you know, you're 15 years old, and it's church. Parents dragging me to church. I don't want to be here. These people are weird. They're crazy. I was just mad. And Father Heart Wound had all these issues, just, just there mad. And he always, these ministers would come through, whatever, and they go, that boy's called to preach. And I'm like, mm, I'd be really mad. And then they would even say this. And someone said that you called a pastor. I'm like, oh, I'm not pastoring. 
Whatever I do, I may be an evangelist, but I'm not going to pastor. That's a fact. <laughs> Some of you have had maybe similar experiences, maybe not to that level, that the God's hand, someone spoke into your life and said, you know what, I see this on you. That's a gift. Tell me with me, say amen. And so, and so with that, uh, um, you know, we are to, to raise up others with our spiritual gift and just continue the process of developing and equipping others. Now, quickly, purpose of spiritual gifts. Um, <clears throat> I'll just, let me just say this. Most of us have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this motivational theory and psychology. It comprises this five-tier model of human needs, often depicted in ranked levels like a pyramid uh, some of you, uh, you know, have studied that. At the bottom of the hierarchy upwards, the needs are physiological. In other words, you need food and clothing. And then the next level is, you know, you have to have security, just your life and the, in job. Then there's love and belonging needs, friendship. It kind of goes up this pyramid, and then there's esteem, and then he has self-actualization. And, and so the needs, the point is, the needs lower down in the hierarchy must be satisfied before individuals can attend to higher needs. That's the whole kind of premise of this hierarchy of needs. And so at the top, he has what they call self-actualization. Become everything you're meant to be. And it's, it's helped a lot of people, I believe. I think it's created a lot of clarity for some people. I mean, one thing I'll say this, if you live in America, <laughs> that uh, we all have access to be able to, you know, get to that point of understanding who we are and the potential. Uh, but in many countries, they live on tier one and tier two every day. All they're going to do is to wake up is, I need food and water today. I need clean water today. I don't, I don't have anything. I, and then tomorrow, that's what they're thinking about is food. And we think about, like, where, where are we going to dinner, you know? Oh, I don't, you know, that place where they go, oh, but you got to try this right now. Oh, hey, do you want to stop and get a coffee and drive? You, know, we get, you got money for, we live in a, a total different world than most of the world lives. They have nothing. And it's survival. It's survival. It's survival. And so, but I think, one thing that this, this Maslow, he was one rung short, that um, <clears throat> it's not self-actualization that is the highest pursuit. I believe the highest pursuit is others, other people, helping other people. That's the highest pursuit. In other words, it's helping other people succeed. And that takes a total mindset change. Let me just give you quickly the journey that it took for me. I w w went after Bible school, uh, five years, felt I was in Egypt in a wilderness, and, and then came on staff, making bricks for Pharaoh, and came on staff this church in, in uh, Ashby, and just really didn't know much of anything about how church functions and operates being on from a staff standpoint, and gleaned a lot, but I had uh, a cassette player. Come on, somebody. And we actually have some cassettes for sale that are brand new, that if any, and some CDs too. I was just reams of them. But I would listen to John Maxwell's Leadership Enjoy Life Club for nine years. Listen to me. So it would take me 30 minutes, 28, 30 minutes to get out to the church there in Ashby, and I listened to a cassette on the way up, and by the time I came back, 
And it took me nine years to absorb my change in thinking about really the purpose of a minister and what the call of God is on my life. I would all, listen to all types of interviews that he had. And what I came from all of that is this. As a minister, if I try to hold people down, I'm bent over. But if I try to lift people up, I'm stretching. And so the call, I believe, for every minister and all of us is to help others. Authentically, help others. Not serve my deal, my thing. What do people see right through that? They see right through that. It's, it's, what a, it's my heart is to serve and love others through the gift. That's the call of God. How many see that? Say amen. And so, and you know, here's the thing. That's a fire that never burns out. Helping others. And uh, it's a well that never runs dry. It's a passion that you can chase for your entire life and get nothing but joy from it. And so here at Harvest, part of the equipping process is we try to help people figure out what problem are they uniquely designed to solve. Now I want you to think about that. Why? In other words, what is God's divine design of their humanity? Here's a powerful quote. Whoops, I got Romans 12 in there. Um, I'm just going to read this quote before we get to that. You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once wore. Let me say that again. You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. What do I mean by that? My life, I grew up with a father heart wound. My dad did not like me. Right now, I'm speaking to some men. You grew up with that. Some of you had a great relationship with your dad. It's awesome. And I, when I hear that, I celebrate that. I went, you know what? I was a different kind of king to my kids. <laughs> I broke the curse. I said, I didn't further the curse. I broke the curse. But right now, I'm speaking to some men. You go, you just woke up. Because your father, you may have felt, did not love you, didn't want you. And there was that rejection on you. It was that weight. See, even right now, the Spirit of God, it's, it's heavy on some of you because you, you say, I relate. See, every single one of you has a frequency. What do you mean by that, Pastor Mike? So if we turn to radio, and they had two exact same songs on that radio, how do you know which one you're going to listen to? The one you're dialed into, your frequency. Now watch this, watch this. And so I have a frequency that God has graced me with, and when I overcome, that tunes into people, and people hear that frequency. Jesus said, the voice of the stranger they're not listening to, but the voice of the shepherd they will hear. See, most of you hear that, you know, I would believe most of you, you're here, you hear the voice of the shepherd, but you hear the frequency that speaks to you. Because I'm speaking from out of my brokenness, victory, and you go, I need that. I need, see, that's the Spirit of God. And every single one of you has a frequency. <laughs> it's your gift. And so you just think, why did I go through this in my life? Why did I suffer through all this? Because somebody needs to hear that redeeming frequency of your life. That'll bring freedom to them. And when you step up there, all afraid, thinking I'm ashamed of what's happened to me in my life and my brokenness and I made stupid choices, somebody perks up. And somebody goes, she's speaking my, she's speaking my language. How did you get through that divorce? How did you get through that brokenness and that abuse? How did you make it? It's the frequency of God. Somebody say amen. 
You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And so God's brought freedom through the father heart wound in my life. And when I talk on it and I delve deep into it, men stop howling. They start crying. Just in the mean, they'll start screaming out. Ah! They start crying. Why? Something is breaking in their life because God brought me through. <laughs> I'm a different king and I got a heavenly father that loves me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you can say amen. <clears throat> so, so I think the wrong question is, uh, what's my purpose? The right one is, who can I serve? Amen? Because the sooner you get clear on who you can serve, the sooner you're going to find purpose. Why is that? Because our lives have meaning in the context of other people. Did you get that? Other people. So like, you know, an example, if I'm just achieving on my own, uh, there are wins, there are losses, right? I mean, it's competitive. It's, just, it's, it's my deal, my ministry. It's my business. It's, it's, it, it's me, it's me, it's, it's to build my brand, and it, it, it's, all, it's all me. But, but if my motivation is to, to serve others through my gifts, watch this, there are only wins and there are only successes. Amen? It never runs dry. It never burns out. So I think only pursuing just, you know, what's my purpose? What's my ministry? What's my call? What's my next big thing? How can I grow my deal? In a sense, really, that's self-centered. But I get to a point, watch this, where I'm others-focused and others-centered, centered, excuse me, that's where everything changes. Everything changes in your life. And that took nine years of listening to cassettes to get me to the point to go, you know what? It's not about me. I'm a, I not claim to be the brightest bulb and the fastest, but, you know, my hard drive was maybe 256 instead of one terabyte. But, hey, I finally got it. It's others. How many see that say amen? I remember Zig Ziglar. I had opportunity to meet him. He came to Lake Geneva years ago. He said this, you will get, you will get all you want in life if, you've helped eat, and if you help enough other people to get what they want. You know, Jesus came to serve, not be served. Mark 10, Matthew 20, Luke 18, Jesus said, I came to serve others. And so we see part of the purpose of Romans 12 gift is to help guide a person in their divine calling, in their divine purpose. Why? So they can function according within the body of Christ, to promote oneness and growth within the body. Romans 12, 3 and 4 says, for we, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone's member one of another. So once again, the purpose of these ministry gifts is that we would emulate and replicate Jesus' work on earth. Can you say amen? I like how one Bible commentator says about this Ephesians 4 ministry gifts. He said their purpose is to edify, unify, mature, and strengthen the body of Christ so that eventually each believer comes, becomes like Jesus so that the whole body of Christ not only replicates corporately and synergistically Jesus' work on the earth, but do so in a much larger way than what Jesus as only one man can do singly. That's what God wants, the kingdom of God to move further and further. So, and so the, the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, we'll talk about them, Lord willing, given to believers for the same reasons and the purpose of the Romans 12 gifts 
in the Ephesians uh, 4 ministry office gifts for what? The one thing is to build up. Whoop, jumped ahead of there, sorry. To build up and to bring unity to the body of Jesus Christ. Say that me, say build up and bring unity. So you have a gift that is to build up and bring unity. Now, are you using your gift? Do you know what your gift is? Off the quiet in this full gospel church. We know specifically that the scripture talks about edification, exhortation, and comfort in 1 Corinthians 14. But 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, all these things, the gifts, somebody shout the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit. And watch this, he distributes to each one individually just as he chooses. He chooses. So in that, we have to get to a place where we position ourselves, we're desiring. We're at least desiring. And I find, sadly, most people are like, I'm saved. All right, I'll do the water baptism thing. I'm good to go after that. God has so much more. I said he has so much more. Amen? So much more. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Going to end with this here. The Bible says, earnestly desire. Somebody shout earnestly. And strive. What? For the greater gifts. If acquiring them is going to be your goal. Which means, for some people, it's not their goal. It's not even on their radar. What is he talking about? What gifts? What? I got to live life here. What do you mean? If acquiring them is going to be your goal. So you should early desire the most helpful gifts. Stand with me if you would, please. If you look up that word desire in the Greek, it means it's zelu. It's actually number 2206 in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, Greek. It actually means to be jealous in a good sense. Jealousy in a good sense. So I kind of dug into it. It means I am eager to possess. And so I want you to think about that. Are you eager to possess and discover that gift that God has already given you and develop that gift in your life? This is what this, this, is what this means. This is the scripture. Eagerly to possess. And it uses the illustration to bubble over like boiling water. You ever boil water and just leave it on? It just boils and boils. The bubble over and it starts spilling over. And you have to, that's what it means to eagerly, to earnestly desire how many know that this is not a passive approach in your spiritual walk? Eagerly desire. And it means to burn with zeal. It actually means to set your heart on fire. To desire. Every head bowed here this morning. Earnestly desire. What I wanted you to know this morning as we jump into this new series. That every single one of you has a gift. One of those Romans 12 gifts. Some of you have a number of them. Just looking at them. Lord willing, we'll just, we'll just kind of break them down, give definition to some of them, help, help you along the way. And, and we have spiritual gifts, assessments. We have things you can take. But you have to desire it. You have to want it. If you don't, you're just like, well, that's, that's nice. That's good. Here's the thing. You can live your whole life and miss what God has for you. Did you hear that? Yes, you can. Next thing you know, 10 years goes by. 22 years goes by. 35 years go. Next thing you know, you're old man, old woman. You did not, you didn't desire what God has for you. Now you can begin at any time, at any age. That's the good thing. 
to dig in, to desire? Are you eager for what God has given you? Desire those most helpful gifts. You're here this morning. There be head bowed. Is it, Pastor? I, I'm not even at that point. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at with God. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. This is a great moment right now in this holy moment for you to step from darkness into light. For you to make a decision have God in your life to save your spirit man or spirit woman eternally. This is a moment where you can get right with God. And your name, as the Bible says, be written on heaven's books. That you can have assurance to know when you die, you're saved. But not only that, you can begin the process of stepping into your purpose, your gift that God has blessed each and every one of you with. You're here today. Is it, Pastor, that's me. I need to get right with God. I would like to lead us in a prayer corporately as we pray together. Let's do that now. Say that we say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Save me. Thank you for saving me. This day, I give you my life. Now take it. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it, the Bible says you're born again. You're born from above anew. And he has taken of his Holy Spirit and he has placed it within you. And he's given you new life.